Incoming transmission. Said the feet of non-Rowi. Life, uh, finds a way. Start the start contrast. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Start Contrast. I am your host, Rod Stark. Getting it started off right on this Monday. Had an awesome weekend. Did uh, quite a bit of hunting. Didn't shoot anything, but enjoyed my time out in the woods. Also spent a lot of quality time with Liam, just kicking back, hanging out with the boy, as well as recording this interview for you guys today. It's going to be a two-parter with a true jack-of-all-trades. He's a cartoonist. He's a YouTube future sensation. He does a lot, of, a little bit of everything. His name's Jack Maddish, went to Grant was a couple of years ahead of me in school, but you'll hear about all that in the interview. Without further ado, the one and only Jack Maddish. I'm here with my guest, Jack Maddish. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Jack. I'm Jack Maddish. I, uh, well, well, how, how, how far should I start? Should I go like baby Jack? Yeah, yeah. 1981, he... born in Muskegon during a lightning storm, and that's a true story. <laughs> I know that because my mom told me. She wouldn't lie to me about that. <laughs> you were born during a lightning storm. I remember that. <laughs> uh, lived in White Cloud. I uh, lived in Muskegon till about age four or five. Moved to White Cloud uh, and then moved to Dirt City, otherwise known as Grant, when I was about 11, 12 years old. And that's that's that. And then, uh, So I know you have a sister, obviously. Other siblings? Two. I have two, two sisters. Two sisters. I have two sisters. I have a stepbrother. Gotcha. And you're the oldest? or The you oldest know? <laughs> of the ones I'm aware of, yes. Gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got two sisters, and uh, then I got my, my niece and my nephew and brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And yeah, no, I, I uh, my niece and nephew, I put them in, on my videos and stuff. And my nephew, he just a little, he's a little pistol. <laughs> <laughs> They're both little pistols. I, I laugh because my, my nephew looks like, his mom and my niece looks like her mom because <laughs> if you if you look at their baby pictures you set them side by side it's uncanny and so the genetics are strong i just think strong. it's cute <laughs> but, yeah I, I know my son looks just like i do mm -hmm. and his half brother or his brother killian looks just like his dad so his mom has no genetic <laughs> tie to anybody but she carried them both so yeah. she has that tie to him but, okay, let's go back. So you, you moved to Grant. You went to school in Grant. We'll start there. Okay. So the whole time you went to school from kindergarten or preschool on was in Grant? or No, no. I, okay. I, I started school in White Cloud okay. through, like, um, fifth grade, and then I started sixth grade. Like, I moved to Grant during fifth grade, and then sixth grade uh, was when I started going to Grant at the middle school. Gotcha. So, yeah. And then I graduated class 99. <laughs> now, I know you were big into like art and art and theater, theater and stuff in high school. What got you first drawn into that kind of stuff? Well, like I was a very shy kid. A lot of people wouldn't probably wouldn't believe that if I told them. I was a very shy kid for a long time, but I did like doing performances and stuff. When I was in White Cloud, I actually used to do puppet shows for the kids. And I even did one for the D.A.R.E. program at one point. Gotcha. And, uh, I'm trying to remember how old was I when I did that. I was like 10, maybe. Gotcha. I made all the puppets, wrote the story and all that stuff. 
and then I would come in like once once a week with my puppets to school and, and the teacher would let me get behind this little separating wall and I'd do these stupid little puppet shows. That's pretty sweet. And one of them I didn't make. It was a, a puppet of the snuggle bear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd put like sunglasses on it or something. Uh, but uh, through middle school, I was still like, I, I had a lot of reservations in terms of like, um, anything in, in in public but then in high school when i met like andrew potter and stuff he there's a few people from high school that are guilty of getting me to come out of my shell there was andrew potter david Seavey, uh brett Farrell, uh jim rennie a few other people you know that uh i initially had started hanging out with in high school and like you gotta get in the theater group like okay i got in the theater group and i used to have terrible terrible stage fright that's a true story. Okay. So, like uh, uh, at um, church one time uh, I was singing, I was, I think it was part of the Bible school summer, summer thing. Right. So like I was part of the choir and I had such terrible stage fright that I was like, and, and they, and they still talk about this over at the church when I see it, like you've heard that time that you're all covered underneath. <laughs> and, and then like I had this cup of confetti and it was like, we had to throw every time we heard, said the word celebrate. So it was like, whoo. And I was just doing this hiding behind this cup of confetti. Like, <laughs> yeah, I even got, I even got more sad. Like I used to be scared of Winnie the Pooh. True story. <laughs> scared but, of the Pooh bear. huh? Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't the cartoon itself. Right. It was like the live action stuff from the old, the old, oh, gotcha. the old movie where they show that. And at the end when Winnie the Pooh would wink, that scared the <laughs> shit out of me when I was little and I would have nightmares about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I forgot where I was going with that. So. Performing. <laughs> so you got in the theater mostly when you were in high school. They got you out of your shell. Yeah. You had stage fright was what it sank into that. Yeah, like I auditioned. I remember when I did join theater that year, I auditioned for the dinner theater, but I was still having a lot of... Uh, I, I know I choked a bit when I auditioned, so I didn't get a part for that, but it was the children's theater that year that would have been my first uh, actual play that I had lines. Because like the first play that I ended up being in was, you know, I was the um, Ghost of Christmas Future. We did uh, uh, Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol back in middle school, and uh, I didn't say anything. I, yeah. I, it was me and Carl Dykeman who was playing Scrooge. I was walking around pointing at things they put had on the stage. I was on there like thirty seconds, and so <laughs> like the picture that the picture that ended up in the thing is just me with this hood and roll bond doing like the Nixon peace sign going on the plane. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, but yeah, I started doing, um, the children's plays and then I started working more backstage crew stuff too. Cause I did backstage crew on the, on the first show. Cause it used to be dinner theater, children's theater, musical. That was the, the schedule back then. And so, and then senior year I got, voted as president of theatrics and i was still the last one to know about auditions i'm pretty sure it was just a popular vote that yeah. was the only reason i got that <laughs> but yeah that was that was my note to go out on that and playing conrad birdie that year but gotcha. yeah i was fat elvis that year <laughs> <laughs> i dyed my hair and everything <laughs> gotcha gotcha yeah see when the first point i remember you what, what year did you graduate? 99. 99, okay. Because I knew you were a couple, at least a couple years ahead of me. Because mm -hmm. I was 01. Mm -hmm. And I, I remembered you as the boisterous high school guy. So it's 
funny to hear the backstory before you were like that. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm naturally like this most of the time. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I, um, I I was a lot quieter, but, I, like, in terms of the projection and the volume, you, you can blame Huck for that one. Yeah. Because she used to, uh, and, I, and I still pick on her about it sometimes on my channel because I remember, like, standing there on the stage and she'd be down there doing that face like lynn somerville did the this the great huck impression that <laughs> mm. <laughs> you guys can't see this but if i have a picture of it if i can find it i'll put it on the internet <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's the huck face but she would go jack you have to enunciate they need to be able to hear you in the back and so it was really just a matter of me raising my volume and i just started naturally talking like mm. that more often gotcha like I've had uh, well, Bobby Parker said I'm the kind of guy that uh, commands attention. I don't mean to. I'm just loud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all Huck's fault. <laughs> Wait, so you were in art a lot too, right? Yeah. I just actually, remember in the art room all the time. Well, it's a funny story about how I got into art class in high school because I was actually kind of denied that up until then. Um, I, I did it in rotation in middle school, but then I really wasn't allowed to do anymore and i don't re i don't fully remember why but um i was in art club and that was like a once in a while thing but then when i uh got my first schedule for freshman year high school and this is actually my official introduction to huck because i'd seen her at the orientation and uh she had done my makeup on the christmas carol play uh, and there's actually pictures of her putting makeup on me with like the bright red lipstick because it had to be like blood red lipstick. And I still remember that. Um, but anyway, I went and I picked up my schedule and I looked at it and I, I specifically went out of my way to make sure I had art listed because like I did. I wanted to study that. I'm drawing all the time, doodling on my papers at school and stuff like that. And anyone who's grown up with me knows I've been drawing forever. Like when I was in White Cloud. Uh, I used to teach people how to draw Garfield because I taught myself from drawing out of the comics. So here I was, I was the popular kid who knew how to draw Garfield <laughs> in school, you know, and that, and I've, I've actually run into some of them and that's what they remember about me. Like, yeah, I remember you used to teach me how to draw Garfield. I'm like, yeah, don't tell Jim Davis. He might sue me. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> but, um, uh, anyway, I didn't have it on my schedule and I was really depressed and I, I, I just was like standing in the hallway just trying to think about it and uh i said well what do i what do i gotta do and this was when malone was there and he was the one who made that decision i guess and so i went and i talked to him about it and he said no can't do it because this score or you know your scores from this class and this class and this is the curriculum i think's gonna be best for you and everything and then huck comes walking down the hallway while i'm standing in the hallway with my schedule and she's like what's wrong and i'm like yeah uh told her what was going on and she's like i'll tell you what I'm the art teacher. Come in here and show me what you can do. And and that was how it started. Okay, cool. And cool. so like uh, I just, you know put a piece of paper on the table, threw a pencil on there, and I just kind of I don't even remember what I doodled. I don't think I have it anymore. I think she took it. Right? Yeah. Uh, she was like, "That's all I need." Went in there and I've had art class for four years. Exactly. <laughs> and just continue on from there. Like and then uh, uh, commercial art in high school at the Vogue Center. All that. So I did that for two years and won, won a few awards, made the paper a few times back in the day doing that stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, my, my introduction to Huck was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I ended up just having, they randomly picked art as one of my things in my freshman year. And 
I go in there and we we do our first assignment and she says, oh, you got to whatever it was. It was. I think it was like a still portrait or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I do it. It took me like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you, you got to spend more time on it. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, you got to spend more time on it. I'm like, I look around the table. I'm like, mine's better than theirs. <laughs> I'm done. She's like, no, you got to do more. So we, we kind of had a, a rough thing at, the, at first. And then we go to the next assignment and it's a self-portrait. You paint a self-portrait. I paint, I paint the self-portrait and she's like, that looks really good. Keep on working on it. Oh, I'm done. Same project, actually. I have a similar type of story, but I messed with her all the time. Yeah. Right, because she knew she knew what my talents were, but every once in a while I had to be made an example of, and she'd do it. I'm like, oh, fine, just do it, and then I'd do what I do, you know. Yeah. And it, it was same same project. I was uh, it was um, a portrait, and I was doing the pencil uh, the pencil part and drawing it up. Everything looked good, but I was having some uh, issues around uh, the eyes and everything. And she's like, oh no, the eyes are all wrong here, and she erased my eyes completely right and then drew them differently and it didn't match the rest of the lines that i had but then i was looking at it like i don't know i was like well she's like just do it that way and we'll be fine and she walked away and i waited till she finished walking away and huck if you're watching this i actually did do this because i I think i I think i told her about this later on and she laughed about it but she walked away and when she did i raced what she did and redid it the way i did and she comes back and said it's perfect and i said i know right (laughs) sounds like huck and she Um, also gave me my only detention i ever had in high school oh really yeah senior year even it was the only detention i ever got in high school and I was quoting Howard Stern private parts. That was what I was doing. And then everybody stopped to like listen to what I was doing. So she heard me. Uh, I was like, oh, that's a detention. And I walk in, Miss Teaches, and they're like, what are you doing in here? Got a detention. <laughs> All right. Well, you got any work or book drawing, book read. I'm going to sit here and be quiet. <laughs> you remember the quote or no? Uh, yes. It was, it was the part where the Moti station manager Yo, fuck you, you drunk! <laughs> fuck you a thousand percent! Fuck you till your asshole is perfect, donkey asshole! <laughs> and that was where everybody had, yeah, had stopped makes, and, like, yeah. talking to her, listening to me, and detention. <laughs> so I can't say, I uh, like, I didn't deserve it. Sure, I deserved right. it, but it was still... It was well-earned, but it was still <laughs> a detention. No, like, so, so she, she got, I wouldn't say hostile, but she was definitely like, you have talent here, but you're not using it. Until I, um, one, one, maybe the next project or whatever, we're, we're sitting there and she, she said something to me and I said, what am I, chop liver? Just, <laughs> just a line to throw in. She's like, oh, she lights up. She's like, say that again. I said, what am I, chop liver? And she's like, that's a, one of the lines from the play we're doing right now. And she was just so excited that I used that line. She's like, and after that, that's what I, I was gold in Huck's book. Sure, yeah. Like all the way through high school, even when I didn't have her. Well, that's what, what I, am I, I chop always liver? appreciate about her. She would like get excited. Yeah. She'd get this inspiration from so much, and she would get so enthusiastic. She was so passionate about, like, uh, you know, if you if she thought you had potential, she would just do her best to try and tap right. into that. She was gonna shake it out of you. In yeah. That, you know, don't you see? <laughs> like she couldn't shake me. I was like six foot four. 315 <laughs> pounds when I graduated. But I'm sure she still tried though. Oh, she probably I, yeah. she's probably tried, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah so you, you went through obviously you were focused on art, focused mm-hmm. on theatrics. Mm-hmm. Um 
any other like things that stood out in high school for you? Um, you seemed pretty like everybody knew who Jack was when I like I said I was a couple years behind you, but you're you're boisterous. People knew who you were. I think a lot of it was once I started getting into the shows, and then uh, I took over the announcements for a few years too. And I actually had stopped that because uh, it was cutting into um, my grades that actually if I hadn't turned my grades around, I wouldn't be able to be in the spring show that year. Oh, gotcha. And so I stopped doing the announcements that year. And they're like, I had people come up and go, why'd you stop doing the announcements? I'm like, it was either that or not be on stage and I want to be on stage. Right. And so like that, a lot of, a lot of my favorite memories come out of, out of the stage. Like I'm still friends with, uh, pretty much everyone that I was on stage with for the most part and uh, keep in touch. Um, like Megan Wirtz, you've had her, you've had her here on the show. No, she's never, no. Uh, Megan still hasn't been on the show. She's a listener and I've talked about her on the podcast, uh, but that's Megan, probably what I'm thinking of. Megan's uh, still a future guest. Hopefully. Yeah. Megan, come on, get on this. I'm here. It's your turn. You're, you're slacking. Right. You're making a lot of cheesecake. Take a break. Come over here, talk to Rod. Not, not, <laughs> no, no pressure. No, not too much of a break on the cheesecake, though. She's, yeah, she, not too much. I she heard, is my I dealer. Heard she makes kick-ass cheesecakes. Uh, like I insanely, I avoid sweets at all costs. And so, like, I hope she doesn't take it personal that I don't order. Oh, I, is, I am a chocolate monster. I'm oh, bad. If you. It, so good. So like good. I don't, I don't buy candy when when I get Halloween candy, Easter candy, any holiday candy, it's gone usually that day. It's bad. So <laughs> don't worry, Megan. I'm I have Thanksgiving right around the corner from Jack's house, so I will be delivering a piece of that cheesecake I already have on order. I have I have uh, peanut butter chocolate cheesecake. Oh my god! It's seriously, it's insanely good. So. He's getting a piece whether he wants it or not. He'll eat it. <laughs> oh, I know what I'm thinking of that because you were talking about that show that uh, yeah, stand up. I totally, yeah, I totally missed all that. She was actually trying to get me to to come back to it, and I haven't done stand up in a long, long time. Well, but it's in the early stages. But I'm working on trying to get a show here in Nuevo, at oh, least okay. like a, a monthly thing. So. I might drag into it. Mm. I'm trying to drag other people. I, we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll elbow them up until <laughs> can we get you know finally get them on stage. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, okay. So back, back. Sorry, we're gonna sidetrack back to the high school stuff. Mainly theater, art. That drug you through the. You you did the other stuff so you could do that. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, art has really been my my my. Um favorite outlet and i've been you know i still draw all the time and um like with the comics it's only a well a lot of people ask me like what is it that i do and like it's hard for me to kind of put a label on myself so i just kind of use the term artist because i write i act i draw i'm making my comics and like i do all these other things i don't know what to do and i don't want to be like full of myself and say here i am this you know super mecha ultrasaurus you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Like, yeah, uh, but um, no, I, uh, uh, I branched off into, like, I did concert films after high school, uh, hanging out with, um, you know, well, I've been told I'm one of the founding fathers of the Dirt City Rockers, um, but I think that that actually belongs to the original three, which would be Calvin, Luke, and Ryan. Gotcha. And, um, uh, but I like I I'm the archivist. <laughs> I think 
because like I've talked about this, I've talked about this with Luke. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess right. You are the archivist. Like, if, yeah. if you're in Grand Rapids and you have a CD of the Dead Alive's or of Cox Knot or anything, chances are it came off of my computer. And gotcha. you know, if you have a copy of the the Dead Alive's uh, concert video on DVD, that definitely came off my computer, <laughs> unless somebody copied it. Right. But now everything's like on YouTube. Like, you know, it, I don't. I'm not monetizing that stuff. It's a time capsule for me. I'm just finally getting all this footage that I've had for years. I'm just trying to finish things up and get it out there. Unfortunately, now that like Calvin's gone and, and Ryan is gone and we've lost a lot of people, it's like <clears throat> some of it's a little bit after the fact, of course, but I, uh, uh, did some interviews. I'm going to put another video together for that channel, uh, down the road. Uh, it was going to be a much larger project, but it ended up, um, it was going to be a lot of time that I couldn't invest into it right now. Right. Uh, so, but we got a pretty good chunk for a good start and I think it'll just do pretty well to stand alone by itself. But there's a lot of stuff that Luke and I have talked about that we're going to put into it. Uh, it's just a matter of once we get that far, we'll get it, <laughs> we'll right. get it in there. But yeah, um, hung around in the punk scene a lot between like, uh, 2000 through about 2007 and um mostly uh doing concert videos i did like music videos for other bands and stuff like that and a lot of stuff that i never actually got any credit for people don't really know i did but i did and i never got paid for it yeah gotcha. two words that i hate when people try to get me to do anything for them good exposure or you know uh uh yeah good exposure that's yeah. it those those two words put together drive me nuts <laughs> because it never ends up being exposure for me right <laughs> like i'm not complaining i'm willing to do the work but if you're going to tell me it's good exposure then i get nothing out of it so, right no i'm not going to work for you again <laughs> if it's just a flat out hey you know this is a free project yeah call it what it is don't call it you know great yeah. exposure it's like you know don't don't jerk me around it's not that's not that's not nice. <laughs> gotcha. So you, you did a lot of uh, videotaping the concerts and stuff. And then w what was the, the shift there? When, when did that happen and why did that happen? So, cause you're not still doing that really. Well, I, I always, I always wanted to make films like that's, that's what I'm kind of doing now on YouTube is, is like, I'm doing what I've always done, but I'm in control of the narrative. I'm in control of what I'm putting up there. And that's, that's what I always wanted. That's like part of the reason that Buck Moon never took off. But I always wanted to be, uh, like if I had my way, I would just be acting all the time. I, I love to do that. I love to be the funny character, the weird character. And I, I tend to be typecast as those kind yeah. of characters anyway. Uh, but I love playing that. Like the last play that I was in was 2012 and uh it was play on and that one was actually it was a it was a tough show but like yeah. there was a lot of stuff that happened through the whole show like i'm just glad it all you know came together the way it did but like i was playing two characters on the stage like playing the the play version then playing the actor so like I, I tried to make it night and day i was playing billy on the one hand just trying to be like this airhead you know and then when i turned around and and played the other character i got this british accent like i was ian from the original doctor who right. that was where i got that voice from like and that was the voice i used and uh i was also kind of going through a little bit of a depression at that time so i was really like giving it everything i had and jim jim was directing that show and i remember one show he was like telling me oh, can you give me shatner 
right? <laughs> he's like, go bullshatner is what he said. And which I, I was. I was actually giving it my all, and it turned out great. But I think my favorite one was when I played Paravicini. Um, but as far as, like, uh, how I got into into making films, like, that was always what I was trying to figure out since high school. I'm still trying okay. to figure it out. But basically right now I'm just trying to figure out how I can do that without wearing myself out. Because <laughs> I, I, like, I work seven days a week, more or less. Gotcha. And um, I only get paid for, like, maybe 30% of what I actually do. And right. the rest is... Because I, I, I really want to do it. And so I'm just doing it. That's the only way you're going to do it. Just right. do it. Right. And I just work with what I have. And, and it's fun. Like, it's it's uh, trying different things and everything. But, like, when I first started making uh, films, my first short film is actually on YouTube. You can find it. It's called Tube Journey. stars Jason Eller. Ten minutes long. And it's based on a song that, that Luke wrote years ago that I always had him play every time he asked for a request i go bigger screen tv and uh and i uh had developed this little storyline around it and you know he worked with me on it but i'm i'm the reason that the cut of that song is so long in there and it gets repetitive that's my fault (laughs) (laughs) he did not record it that way the actual song is like a minute and a half long and i made a 10 minute video about it (laughs) but um uh, that was actually one of the things that at the time when I was trying to sell Buck Moon as a project or at least get it going. And uh, I, I was, I wanted to make some short films. So we did that one, which all together, I think that that short film cost somewhere around 200 bucks. And it was just mostly odds and ends, gas money and getting there. Nobody ever got paid with anything I made, not even me. Right. You know? And then, uh, then in 2000. 2006 was when I did the t-shirt fundraiser for the Buck Moon short film uh, Buck Moon Got Your Back which was supposed to be a more direct uh, um, kind of a pitch reel to get it going but not it was like related to the movie but it was a different story so like and and ever since I started that's actually what started even what I'm doing now in the comics I'm dancing around this one story that I want to tell and I'm telling it all out of order. Gotcha. So if you're if you're ever confused reading those comics, they're out of order. There's a reason Oswald's in some of them and he's not in others. Gotcha. Like, uh, but eventually I will make that. Uh, I, I started doing some animation with Buck Moon, and I had a bigger project that I had this like freak accident years ago when I first started learning to animate, cause I'm like self taught there mm. studying hours of Looney Tunes footage and <laughs> like good animation, cheap animation, frame by frame, you know, born to hell out of my guests. Every time they come over go, no, check this out. You see how it does that? I didn't do that too much, but like when, right. when I was in the zone, that's what I would do. Just like, you know, and, uh, but my mom, when I was trying, <laughs> when I was trying to make it a live action movie, she's like, I think it should be animated. <laughs> and so now I'm like, finally, listen, like, okay. Yeah. And, and I think if I do make the, the big story, that's what I'd like to do, but I got to wait until I can actually afford to sit down and take the Dedicate time. a lot of time. Yeah. Cause like the art styles between like that. And then there's the Stein cartoons and you can tell there's a difference in terms of like how I did the backgrounds. And even with Stein, with the bigger short film, the first one that I, that I had released, um, that one has more Looney Tunes style backgrounds. Like a lot of it's a nod to like Chuck Jones artwork and stuff. And, uh, 
that it was just something I wanted to continue on. But then I realized when I started animating the actual episodes that like, okay, I got to kind of simplify these backgrounds a little more. So they became a little more easier, cartoony while at the same time being complicated, but depending on the effect I was trying right. to do. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was an interesting experience learning how to do that. Um, but like, I, I kind of go all over the board with, um, uh, like how I got into it and like, uh, who, who, uh, who I got involved with. Cause I did some work with Dendura for a while. Um, and I also like one of the last things I did before I had initially walked away was I was invited to a movie premiere and, uh, did a behind the scenes video that I got to sit with the cast crew directors and everything. Uh, it was great, you know, just filming, shooting a breeze, got to see the movie and all that stuff. And then, uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, uh, then I just kind of bowed away from it for a few years, and uh, then I came back to it uh, in 2013, which is when I started doing the animated Buck Moon stuff, and that's that goes as far back as 2011, okay. um, and uh, like that that initial sequence I animated was something I still I still reuse in anything I've animated with Buck Moon or so far. Uh, but now I've got to make new ones. And so that's why I did it. And I started a series. I only did one episode and I just like stopped, (laughs) but that looks more like the comic. So like I, I try, I try to like match styles, match color and black, uh, you know, Buck Moon's all in black and white. Right. Right. So it's like, yeah, I, I like this, you know, but I didn't do that when I did the live action one, but I raised about a thousand dollars to make that one. And what was it like $600 of it went into effects that we never use. And then uh-huh. I ended up animating blood squirts <laughs> and I did it with like my, my half-assed attempt. I had like a bright green piece of poster board tacked on a wall and I filled a ketchup bottle and I was like squirting it in front of it. <laughs> Didn't work. No. I had to take every frame out and go over it with a mouse. Like it was before I even had like a, a, a you know, drawing tablet for the yeah. computer. Which even that, that's a learning curve. I'm still getting used to it, right? But, uh, yeah. And that was the one thing that people remember the most when, when they talk about it. Like, yeah, those blood squirts that come out. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But you got to admit, if you stop it frame by frame, they look pretty good by themselves <laughs> when they're not moving. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been pretty much just kind of like a crash course. Because I, I, I try to treat everything I do... The two biggest things that I've studied my whole life have been comedy and art. And I try to com- combine the two in as many different ways as possible. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like, I like to put multiple meanings to my jokes. Like, did he mean this or did he mean this? Maybe I meant both. Maybe I'm trying to mess with your head. Yeah. You don't know. Right. Or is it actually I'm going? just naughty. <laughs> you know, but, but I do like to do that because I want, I want people to think sometimes. Gotcha. about the joke you know, yeah I, I don't want it to be no i'm trying to piss you off I, my comedy is never destructive uh not intentionally anyway right so you know um so if you find anything destructive it's on you it, yeah exactly yeah. and and most of the time if i find it and i think it's destructive i, I cut it out anyway right. <laughs> so it almost never makes overly it cautious yeah yeah so you you've done literally a, a jack of all trades when it comes to entertainment type stuff yeah i'm a living pun <laughs> you said your, your last play was in 2013 2012 2012 yeah. is that something you 
would like to ever do again? Or you... I, if I can give it the time it deserves, I would love to go back to stage. And that's what I've said before. It depends on the show, and it depends on whether or not I have the time. So, like, there have been a couple shows that, yeah, I would have loved to audition for. I could not give it the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of doing musicals either. So, like, so sorry, it has to be a Sorry musical. to the Hamilton cast. You're not, you're not going to stop that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, if, if they suddenly decide to do Little Shop of Horrors, I am in. Oh, yeah, you can't I, go I around with Little Shop of Horrors. I would be the dentist all the way. <laughs> uh, the dentist all the way. I want to be eaten by a plant. But do you, <laughs> do you feel that you could do it on the level of Steve Martin? Can Steve, anybody? Steve Martin, I would probably, I would probably uh, <laughs> at least a little bit emulate Steve Martin. Cause that's I feel like you got to, best. yeah. Yeah. Like shooting puppies with a BB gun. (laughs) Such a great one. I love that movie. I love both endings, by the way. I love the theatrical ending, and I love the ending where everybody dies. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, oh, oh, the plants got them all. Uh, I'm sorry, I've never seen it do that before. It's back. and just... Oh, okay. my, My, uh... Sidetrack, my computer's on its last legs. I had an episode a couple weeks ago that, uh, like, I guess it cut off the last six minutes. I'm in the middle of a question. They're like, oh, you ended it strangely this week. I'm like, no, I actually went on a little bit longer than that, but the computer decided that was it. So, right. Uh, but it's, it's back <laughs> recording now. I'm not sure okay. exactly what it did there, but it hiccuped a little bit. So, um, the high-end technology of a podcaster. Oh, you know. God, absolutely. You, you can see, <laughs> see behind the uh, curtain of the wizard. It's like, um, that, it's like that, that Star Trek joke, uh, um, uh, City on the Edge of Forever, Stone Knives and Bearskins. <laughs> that, that, that's, like, that's your setup? That's, that's my setup. You've seen my setup yeah. before. Of course, it's a, it's a little different now. I got one machine that can actually handle the video I'm editing. You're ramping <laughs> it up. Everything else is so old. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping uh, Black Friday they got some th- some decent computers so I can upgrade this thing. It started out as a great computer, but it's it's seen its days and it's had its use, and uh, it's taken a, a headbutt from a six year old off of the bed <laughs> and everything else. So eventually we'll uh, we'll update that. But back back to okay, the right, focus. Right. Uh, uh, technical difficulties aside, but yeah, stage plays. It, it's something you would consider if you had the time, but it's got to be the right project type deal. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I've been doing, you know, community theater as long as I've been doing theater, right? And uh, I love it. I love the stage. There's uh, it's one thing that I don't like about YouTube, or at least any video medium, is you can't hear the audience. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't know what jokes are hitting. You don't know what's working. And, like, uh, what was it? junior year of high school like i i had written a play i even made a paper for that i wrote a play for the children's theater that year and and directed it and um that was that was something i would it didn't make any sense <laughs> it was like i took i took a bunch of like fairy tales and i mashed them together and just said punched them like yeah you like that <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how long it was. I think it was like maybe 10, 15 minutes long. It wasn't very okay. long, but I made the paper. And then I remember I I was told I should walk out on the stage after everyone made their curtain call. And then I did and got a standing ovation. I was pretty proud of myself back oh, then. Pretty sweet. 
So, but yeah, the, I still have the play, and but the last time I read it, probably ten years ago, I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I found <laughs> I found a notebook of uh, poems I wrote in high school, and it's same same thing. It's like what? <laughs> I they were great back then, but now it's like, oh god, that's oh, yeah. terrible. Like when people looked at the no, you know, the few things that I did share out of it, everybody was like, oh, these are so great. And now you look back on it, and you're like, this is such dog shit, <laughs> or it's just oh, so over dramatic for somebody that you're like, motherfucker, you're 16, you had no, you had, you're talking about the end of the world and all this. It's like you had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, but I, I do. I love to do like comedy, especially. I love ense- ensemble pieces. Gotcha. Like I've done a lot of Agatha Christie plays yeah. over the years. You know the murder mystery comedies, and that's usually where I get the eccentric characters from. But uh, uh, one of my favorite shows I did was um, "You Can't Take It With You." I had so much. Me and Jack Long on that show yeah. get us in the same room. We just had a ball, and yeah. like I love telling this story because it was one of my one of my favorite ones. But there was like this this pair of thong panties on the prop table in the back, and I was like, "Whose panties are these?" No, 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 no. Whose panties are these? And I, I found out who they were. I asked if I could wear them, and my call was coming. This was rehearsal. I obviously I yeah. was you know in front of an audience, but. My call was coming up during rehearsal, so I put them on over my clothes, and I'm standing there at the door, opens the door, and I'm standing there like Superman, <laughs> these thong panties on. Jack grabs a silver platter and follows me around the stage, covering my covering my junk. We had everybody rolling; it was so yeah. funny. <laughs> I love telling that story. <laughs> So most of the focus now, though, is on your cartoons? Just creating in general. Like, I I, I just want to entertain. And I'm just trying to... Right now, I'm trying to find something that sticks. Um, and, you know, because I do a, a combination of gaming videos, and then I try to make other types of content. And, of course, I make my animations. By you know, At this point, I've made, like, around 30 or so cartoons most of them are still on the channel there's one like my most expensive cartoon i took it down because i i after i had it up for a few months and like only five people watched it i'm like well obviously it wasn't hitting you know (laughs) but it was a very personal story anyway and i don't think i was fully communicating everything that i should have with it you felt guarded on something I still kind of feel a little guarded about it. Like uh, any anything I put out, I put a little bit of meat in it. Like Stein um, was inspired by two of my grandfathers, and the, a lot of them are in that character. But a lot of the lines are totally me. So Stein is like one half of my personality, and Buck Moon is the other. Gotcha. Buck Moon's like my dark side, as goofy as it gotcha. is. So. Uh, like I've had people tell me in the past that I should just hang out Buck Moon and walk away from it and I never did because I'm like you don't get it and I'm not going to explain it to you because you don't get it right? <laughs> you know but it's like eh, even if neither one of those make it I'm still going to tell those stories but in the meantime I'm going to want to try to find more content like the comics I put them up on Tumblr but it drives me crazy because I can't really see who's watching I can't see who likes it right. nobody says anything yeah there's no feedback on it at all and I kind of have that a similar problem on YouTube like I, I do get a lot of great comments I mean my audience is great 
I mean, a majority of my regulars, they're very positive with their comments to me. They like that. Like, I, you, you should be bigger. I don't see why you which are. It, You're as good as, like, Which that's rare person. on YouTube. Usually it's, you've at least got half trolls that are saying the most evil yeah. stuff. So the fact that you're having positive comments. I think that, like, that happened. It's similar to one of my other friends, Nick, that was on the podcast before, mm-hmm. is that it's not the quality of the content. It's just getting those eyeballs in front of it because right. Like I, I've watched I, the majority of your stuff. I, I can't say a hundred percent that I've watched every video. Like, look, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guarantee that, but I know I like om- anything that I see to click. I, I click on and stuff right. and I'm a subscriber on your page and stuff. But, uh, it's the same thing. It's like, if people saw this, then they would, know. you know, cause right. I, I've seen their stuff and I, I, feel like i'm pretty good good judge of comedy in general but it's just getting the the initial eyeballs in front of it yeah so yeah and obviously after this is put up we'll put links to everything so as we're talking about this stuff i'm sure you've already seen as a listener that you know there are links down there i'll also include that on the shares on facebook and stuff so you guys will see where you can click to you know view some of the stuff that he's talking about but um yeah it's just it, it's such a weird thing and then you'll you'll look and you'll see these stupid ass videos of like these wacky families playing oh, yeah. video games and stuff and it's like no no offense to those people like obviously they're doing something that's making them a lot of money right yeah, exactly. yeah they're, they're they're set better than i am <laughs> by a long shot but to see like the quality of some of this content that's got millions of viewers and it's like that shit and, you know, yeah. you, you see this other content that's, you know, objectively to, you know, that I have more say, substance, yeah. right? Like, very, very substantive in comparison. Well, because like I make gaming videos and I, what I basically when people want me to describe what they're like, I'm like, well, because I'm constantly trying to not be like anyone else. And people go, well, everyone else is making money. Like, there's no excuse to like everyone else. Too shame, motherfucker. But But yeah, yeah, I'm trying to be an artist, you know. And uh, uh, my gaming videos are basically like stand up while playing video games because, like, I'm 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 trying to think of what can I say that's funny about this situation. What can I say about what's going on in my life that I can add into it and just be funny about? And that's what that is to me. That and I. I'm sometimes showing off my skills, and uh, most of the time I'm a buffoon, and I'm playing that way on purpose because right. I think it's funny. You're having fun with it, yeah. Yeah, like, especially like with Doom, and I'll die a lot, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we're gonna have a compilation after this video, you know? Oh, but I didn't even finish telling you, like, what, what uh, the the Left for Dead when I was telling you about that earlier today. Okay, and uh, uh, that one. The one one video I uh, was at the very beginning of the video, and I'm going back because I forgot to grab like a health pack or something. So I go back to the safe zone, right? And it freezes right there, right right before I get there, and the sound is like, <clears throat> so I just start dancing, right? I'm like you ain't gonna get this on Markiplier's channel. He can afford a computer. <laughs> <laughs> just playing right along to it. Yeah. So like, I, and I'll I almost cut it out. But I was like, no, I'm gonna leave that in. It's pretty funny. Yeah, like, right. I, I'm not, I'm not shy about admitting I don't have the top of the line shit. But if I can play something, and like uh, this year, I finally upgraded to a PS4, so now I can finally play Doom. And I, I've been denying myself. Like I've watched a few videos before I played it, and it just made me want to play it more. I'm like, why do I have to be broke all the time? <laughs> but then I got one this summer and upgraded my studio a bit, and 
uh, I've just been having a ball. But uh, ever since I, I did notice, ever since I upgraded to a high def stuff, they don't watch any of the, hardly any of the PS4 stuff. They're still watching like all the old shit. I I think there's a nostalgia <laughs> effect to it yeah. too. Well, my most popular series is Champions of Nora. And all the time. And the, the one that's right next to it would be Total Annihilation Kingdoms. The funny thing is, is like, not not every game is going to be for everyone. And like, I know that. Like, my mom watches my gaming group. She's my number one fan. <laughs> and, uh, and it's the truth. Like, especially with Stein. If I say anything with Stein, she's 125,000%, you know, yes, do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but she watches my gaming videos. Not all of them, of course. I will let her know if they're like violent or whatever, so that she doesn't, you know, w- doesn't need to watch anything like that. But like, we'll talk about it, and like, she'll give me critiques and stuff. And like, Total Annihilation Kings, fun to play, boring as hell to watch, <laughs> and and it is, and it's not even my general type of game. And it's the one game that I'm constantly being invited by people to come play with them online. The game's like 20 years, 20 fucking years old. Right? Yeah. And anyone, anyone listening to this podcast that's familiar with my channel. Yes, I do know the F word rather well. There's a reason I don't use it on my channel that often, but the, uh, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be put in a family friendly box either. So right. like, I'm constantly wrestling with like, oh, what do I want to do? Like, but oh my Buck Moon con- my Buck Moon cartoons. Yeah, I'll say fucking that. I already have. Right. You know, I'm not worried about that. That's never supposed to be censored. If you're a little kid and you're watching Buck Moon, your yeah. parents aren't doing their job. <laughs> that's exactly. my that's my thought on the matter. <laughs> or if your parents are doing their job, like uh, hopefully they say, well, this is not acceptable behavior. Right. <laughs> that is, you know, that's always my concern because uh, uh, I'm always concerned about kids and, and their well-being and stuff like that. But gotcha. because I have a gaming channel, one of the biggest criticisms I get from people is like, oh, well, what why are kids watching? I'm like, yeah. have you seen my channel? All I play are rated M games. If they're properly registered, they can't even see it. Right. <laughs> so, like, I don't care. Well, and that's the thing. Like, Liam's 15, <laughs> and my view on it is swearing's fine, you know. Yeah. He's a teenager. Yeah. I rem- I can clearly remember when I was 15, mm-hmm. and even if my parents didn't know about all this stuff, I was definitely consuming that stuff. Oh, yeah. And now they've got the cell phones and everything else, so... My, my thoughts on it are a little bit different when it comes to that. I, I would rather have him see it now, get a, you know, a good gauge of society in general. Right. Than to, you know, go in that box. Because I, I, another thing I can remember is the Christian school kids, mm-hmm. when they hit high school, and they, they were segmented off before that and then they hit the real world and it's like keys to the asylum yeah, like just go nuts <laughs> so and I, I feel like even regular public school kids to that extent you you have to kind of like caper them in or they're going to go off of a cliff when they yeah they get there so like we watch uh always sunny together like okay. that's one of our favorite shows to watch together so we'll lay there and watch it and obviously green man is hilarious yeah to me. <laughs> the, the whole concept of this, it, it's a little uh, off-putting that his favorite character is Dennis, but he, I'm he, not, I'm not, I'm not completely yeah. well versed, but I'm familiar, I'm familiar enough. He, he's, anyway. yeah, he's kind of a sociopath char- type character. Okay. So the fact that that's his favorite overall, he likes all of them, but 
that you know that that's the main one it's like whoa son but uh no in general like we i have varying views with his mom when it comes to that Mm. and i'm pretty open on what i'll allow him to it's like eh, you're you're 15 and you have a cell phone and everything's at your guys's fingertips i'm not gonna pretend you don't see stuff that's mature audience and when you know i feel like as a gauge when i can remember when i was 15 i could handle that same kind of stuff so that that's kind of what i used to to gauge it like obviously i'm not like hey you should go to check out red tube and new porn or something like that oh yeah (laughs) that's not what i'm getting at but when it comes to you know swearing and that kind of stuff um I don't say, hey, you can you know drop f bombs at home or anything. But if he hears it on TV, not that big of a deal. Right. Well, like I waited till I was eighteen, then I was just kind of like, can't stop me. Yeah, I'm gonna go. <laughs> like, uh, I, I wasn't so much that I was a rebel, but I was a little bit. Yeah. A little like, bit. Like, hey, like I'm eighteen. I'm, I'm gonna do what I want. Like, fuck I'm the go, fucking I'm fuckers. Go sm- yeah, fuck yeah. the fucking fuckers. I'm gonna smoke this cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, I, I get what you mean though. You, you kind of try to find that line. You don't. You well, also that's don't why a lot it. of my early videos are so awkward, too. Because, yeah. like, I'm trying to find a way to say what I want to say without swearing. And the, there's, like, the one where I, it was me and me, and I'm uh, dressed as a pirate sitting on the toilet playing Chrono Trigger on my DS. And I, I actually, that was one of the videos from the new series that I did. And I still don't, I'm trying to think what it was I was trying to say. Because I have the script somewhere, and I remember writing it down. And I don't remember what it was. I think it just wanted a, an excuse to put a pirate on a toilet. And that was, it just came together. But like, I remember when I was writing it, I wanted to say more. And I, I'm, st- I still wrestle with that. Like, well, and a lot of it goes back to Stein. Cause actually, um, I was telling you before about the, how Stein actually started as more adult oriented humor. Like, right. I wanted to make it this comic strip, but as I started like developing the actual character, I realized I was going towards more adult oriented storylines or at least that adults would get anyway right and uh when i started making the um cartoons i kind of made it a little more for everyone not so much family friendly but just more for everyone Mm -hmm. and kind of make it more cartoonish and that's that's what it ended up becoming and so then i was like well I don't want to pad it too much, you know. I'm right. not trying to make the Nerf show here, <laughs> and uh, so like I, I, that's why I started doing the comics again. Special thing for Halloween. It was going to be a Buck Moon comic. There's a bu- new Buck Moon comic coming soon. <laughs> I decided to add more to it, so you're gonna have to wait till I'm done. <laughs> gotcha. I haven't gotten that far yet. Gotcha, gotcha. But uh, the first six pages are penciled and inked, so <laughs> I just want to add some more and give a much bigger story. Because it'll probably be the last one I write for a while uh, until I can afford to do more. Because like I would like to collect everything into a book, but like I don't really know what the market is for that uh, and stuff like that. So like I'm more than willing to give people what they want if they just tell me what they want. Right. <laughs> right. And that's sometimes it's hard to get that communication. I know, like yeah. with this, uh, just in general, I never. I mean, I, I hear back some feedback. Mm-hmm. But I, the only thing I really have to gauge it on is the fact that I actually can look and see, okay, this episode got this many downloads. So it's in retrospect. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, pro wrestling. We'll, we'll talk about pro wrestling more later. Oh, but yeah. Well, no back in the 90s, <laughs> um, they talked about how they wouldn't know if something was 
getting over with the audience for like a week or two when they got the ratings and then it was right. like well based on this quarter hour this was happening but this also was happening but we think it was this so then you, you're trying to backfit okay well i know on this episode i went a little bit shorter and the it spiked this episode was more comedy and it it did better or this one you know this one we talked more about serious subjects and it went way off the charts but then right. I, when i talked about this serious subject it didn't do quite as well you know it's, right. it's trying to like recon or uh, rencon what is going to work and you know after it's already done and it's like uh eh, well, you know trying to figure that out so i do get it's hard to figure out an audience when they're not going to communicate yeah <laughs> so well, and you'd think it would be easier now with things like twitter yeah because like that's what i've been trying to make available to like i'm on twitter i'm on facebook i'm on pinterest i don't understand pinterest but i'm <laughs> on there i'm on tumblr and i got my youtube and everything and i always have the links to everything on on everything i have so i'm easy to find because i think my tumblr is like comics by jack maddish dot tumblr dot com like just follow the link don't bother typing it yeah like i've no i've got i've got friends that i've known for years that still don't even know how to spell my name correctly let alone, <laughs> let alone pronounce it so i was like oh geez 30 years and you still can't figure that out all right <laughs> whatever I actually have a, an interesting uh, situation, a similar thing with one of my first film auditions. <laughs> I'm not going to say who because I don't want to embarrass her, but she got me the audition and we went up there. But when she, she didn't know how to spell my name, apparently, because <laughs> I was trying trying to let them know that I was there for the audition. I had an appointment and I showed them who I was. Oh, this is the closest. I said, that's probably her because I don't think she knows how to spell my name. I said, but that's me. And then I went in, and, and then I, I guess I, I did really well, but uh, the the production never went through, so I, I'm not going to name anything like that. Right. But uh, the very first film role I actually got, I turned down. What was the purpose of turning it down? I couldn't afford to make it out there, and it couldn't pay me gas money. Oh, gotcha. And, uh, like, I, I, I honestly like... thought that my friend that auditioned with me would have also gotten in on it so that we could at least carpool. Carpool, yeah. That's what I was hoping, because like, I've always been this, like, starving artist, broke all the time, like, you're lucky if I can afford to come see you kind of yeah. thing, you know. And uh, this was going to be filming in Detroit, which was where we went and auditioned. And, uh, like, yeah, no, I'm not sleeping in my car in the middle of Detroit <laughs> in the summertime. That is not going to happen. <laughs> Character builder. <laughs> but but uh, yeah. the deciding factor was I couldn't afford with the car I was driving at the time to get there and back. Gotcha. And, but, you know, in hindsight, I later found out, like, I probably could have asked so-and-so for a, a favor for some gas money to go, you know, do whatever. Right. But, Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Exactly. Right. But yeah, so my very first film role I actually turned down uh, for stupid reasons. Gotcha. And now I'm still struggling. <laughs> I don't think it's because of that, but no, I'm still but... struggling anyway. But uh, it would have been an interesting role. It would have been like the first role I, I if I if I had done it, it would have been the first role I had after I lost all the weight. Oh, gotcha. So. So what? I. I... I know there was a big weight loss there. What was the catalyst for starting that process? What what made you decide to lose weight? Well, I mean, obviously, I I can I can tell you where. I can't exactly tell you when, but I can tell you who I was with. I was hanging out with Luke and Fawn, and we were out in Grand Grand Haven and Fawn's roommate at the time. We were out 
walking around town and stuff and it was hot so like i was wearing like this white shirt and at the time and this was when i was at my heaviest i was like 415 pounds at this point and uh, like i knew i was big i knew i was fat and i just i did my thing anyway and um at one point i had looked in a mirror and i saw myself the shirt was kind of translucent it was like this translucent white shirt and it was a hot day and i was sweating through it so it became almost transparent uh, and I, I that was my that well that and all the picking that I had gotten from you know through school mm. like I'd been called every name you could probably think of fat ass buffalo uh, Kool Aid anytime I wore a red shirt yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay you know I was like Kool Aid like, like oh yeah okay yeah like if if you ever picked on me in high school and you're listening to this fuck you that's what I have to say about it I don't hold anything against you but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you, you were, cut that out too, but that was an angry that was an angry moment there. We'll leave it in. They need to hear it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It. Some some of them I think do because like uh, I think people don't realize what kids are mean. Yeah, and I don't think that really changes. You no. Know? Um, but see, I think, but that was my that was my motivation though. I like I saw that and I saw this like translucent shirt and I had all these fat rolls going down. I basically looked like a. a, a Somebody shoved a Sharpay in a plastic, or you know, tra- a transparent okay. plastic bag, and you could see all the rolls. That's what it looked like. Gotcha. That was the deciding factor for me, and um, from there, just lost the weight. But it took it took a couple of years. But um, the, the lightest I've ever been was 185 pounds, and I will never go back to that again. I was That's way too light. Yeah, I was way too skinny for my size. Like I have pictures, and you can see my rib cage. That's how far it had gone. So I went from one extreme to the other right. at that time. But uh, now it's just, I'm getting older and I'm <laughs> just trying yeah. to keep that weight down. I, I finally got past the 20 pound hump. I want to lose 20 more pounds and I'm right where I want to be. That's, gotcha. Then I'm good. You know, too much pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it too. Sucks in that pizza. Oh yeah. Uh, nice big greasy slice or cold from the fridge i like cold pizza yeah, i think people way. are weird when they tell me they don't like cold pizza i'm like there's something wrong with you no the, <laughs> the question is do you eat pineapple on your pizza oh yeah yeah see yeah the only, I, I understand i don't i don't understand what the taboo about pineapple on pizza it's is just, it's just uh, a it, it, yeah. not as long as it's with ham right and maybe pepperoni and like black olives right. if you put anything else with it no gotcha i, I don't want it <laughs> my grandpa loves ham and uh, pineapple on his pizza and he's the only person that if i'm if i'm paying for it and i order it mm-hmm. he's the only one that i'll let i don't say shit to him if, right. if grandpa wants pineapple and ham i'm ordering it for him and we're eating it and i'm not saying anything uh, but if i'm ordering it usually uh, i'm not ordering no pineapple on my pizza uh, you know what i mean if i'm paying for it we're getting some good toppings but uh, no uh <laughs> not to die on that hell of pineapple on pizza oh, i'm not no. i'm not uh <laughs> i'm not a person that uh you know hates it to the extent of you know it's blasphemy to do it or something but yeah I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of adventurous. i'm never yeah i'm never gonna pick it in the first place and if you do have pineapple on pizza it's actually better when it's cold yeah that yeah. that's a day Absolutely. after pizza you know. i think any pizza is good cold yeah for sure but the you pineapple gives pizza, it a kick. pizza topping i don't like <laughs> That? sausage i don't like really? sausage period hmm. uh, it's the caraway seeds in it just 
<laughs> I get this gag reflex. I hate the. I'm gonna do this a little closer. My... That that's when I think of any kind of sausage. That's the noise I make. <laughs> I'm looking at Mr. Meeseeks over here. Ooh, can do. <laughs> Can't Mr. turn Poop, the... Mr. Poopy butthole down there. <laughs> Ooh wee. <laughs> all the uh, all the Rick and Morty stuff. You can't go wrong with Rick and Morty. I love this. I'm, I might like. I might want to stuff this in my jacket when I leave. Yeah, steal all the collectibles. <laughs> steal all your Rick and Morty shit. <laughs> no, this is cool. Uh, oh, there you got your got your porg back there. Oh yeah, yeah. there's there's tons. I I won't. Either. Porgs are cute. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna knock porgs. I like Ewoks. The, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. This generation's Ewoks. We'll, we'll transition yeah. a little bit. Um. So, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. what's the first memory you ever had that when you're thinking back that you clearly just can in remember? general as yeah. a kid? Yep. Right, right off the bat, just the one I was thinking of earlier today. It was an old family memory back when Grandma and Grandpa had gotten um, they'd gotten a new well, and then the front yard flooded. Okay. And it was it's one of my favorite memories. Uh, but the front yard had flooded, and that winter it had frozen. And I'm trying to remember what we were doing. I think, I don't think it was quite Christmas or something, but, but it was around that time. And we had, a, you know, everybody was over at Grandma's house and we all just got skates on and just started skating in the front yard. It was just this gigantic family activity with my uncles, my mom, and, and my cousins. And, and, and I, I, I always, that's one I just remember the most. And it was one of my favorite ones. It's like something gotcha. out of a Norman Rockwell painting. And that's how I remember it. Gotcha. Uh, that's, I'd have to say, probably one of my favorite memories. Okay, favorite cartoon as a kid. Ooh, that's tough, because I, I liked a lot. Um, I guess I would have to say, just because I was watching a lot at the time, it would have to be Ninja Turtles when I was a kid, but I also loved Danger Mouse. And oh, yeah. Like I, like, I remember when we were in Muskegon, that was when I started watching Danger Mouse and the Muppets and stuff, like, my mom will tell you about when I was baby and the Muppet show come on and I was dancing to the theme song, but like I was born the year it ended. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was watching reruns or something. Right. <clears throat> but, um, what was I talking about? Cartoon. Favorite, <laughs> cartoon. favorite cartoon. Um, we'll watch danger mouse, but I never had cable when we moved to white cloud. And uh, so, like, obviously, I couldn't watch Danger Mouse. Yeah. And then I bought, like, one of those compilation tapes years later. It was an old, like, Meyer rental tape. And I bought it from Meyer, you know, secondhand. And then it would still be another, like, 10 years before my sister started getting me the seasons on DVD. And now I have them all on DVD. Gotcha. I, I love Danger Mouse. So, <laughs> Danger Mouse, it would be Danger Mouse or Ninja Turtles. Because uh, that was what I watched a lot of at the time. I'm assuming we're just talking about half-hour format shows, because like, if we're talking about movies, that's even harder. Yeah. <laughs> when <clears throat> when we lived in Grand Rapids till I was in fourth grade, so we went from having cable and being able to watch all kinds of stuff to moving to Bridgeton, and we had TV 13 because of the 13 Tower, mm-hmm. and a list. Mm-hmm. That was it. For another like couple years, and then we got one of the big C-band satellites, and finally... I would always like search for their feed satellites mm-hmm. and watch the shows like a few days before they came out and stuff. But in that in that 
the dark ages. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had a couple of dark years where we had we, no... We had one of them. Uh, you're talking about the big dishes? Yeah. Yeah, we had one of those for a little while. I used to watch Sci-Fi Channel before I knew it was a cable station. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, they, I loved the C-band satellite. And actually being able to, you know, find those hidden satellites. You, you could go and you'd find... Way back in the day, DirecTV didn't have uh, any kind of a block on their satellite. Yeah. So if you moved to their satellite, you could get all of their stations. Oh, wow. And then it was a sad day when they finally figured out, hey, you know. Yeah, we, I we, heard we, about how they were able to do it. I was like, damn, that's fucking genius. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, another question for you. Sure. Uh, do you remember what your first comic book was that drew you to comics? Well, I'd have to say there were a few different ones because, like, my, my dad was the one um, that got me into comics. And the initial ones that I'd started reading was Fantastic Four and The Creature Commandos. And we bought it at one of the old comic shops in, in Muskegon years ago. And I still have I still have them, especially the Creature Commandos ones. Um, uh, but I later got into Superman because of my uncle, and he was a Superman fan. And uh, that Superman's always been my favorite. Uh, so I, I, I'm trying to remember which one of those would have been the first one. I want to say it was Creature Commandos was probably the very first <laughs> comic book. You know, like I think I was seven years old or something like seven, eight years old. Creature Commandos. Gotcha. You know, uh, you ever read that? Yeah, I I've not, read. Not, yeah, like, no, well, I was never the old one. Yeah, not the new one. I was never like a regular buyer of them uh they did have subscriptions but it was kind of a little yeah hit or miss on that but um no i was i was pretty much when i first started i was a marvel guy right away like uh spider-man and Uh uh there there were the animated shows were already on tv so oh yeah um and x-men i was a big wolverine fan one of my first books is um i have number two of wolverine that i bought it was the limited series, so it was like early eighties. That's like, if it's not my first book, it's one of the first couple books that I bought and bagged right away. That was one of the only ones I had bagged because I was like, "It's number two. It's got to be good." Which it ends up, it is. Right. And then year a few years later, I bought the number one of it for you know over the face. But that one I actually number two I bought at the comic book shop oh, sure. and and bagged it. So I've got number one and number two of Wolverine. But, um, yeah, I was a Marvel guy for a long time, and then I expanded, and I've got all kinds of random comics now. Remember the old the old comic shop when Touch of Dutch was open? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was actually, sure. those were the first, uh, the first comics I had actually bought were from the wall. It was the Brainiac Trilogy, and I bought them one at a time, and I remember it, it, it annoyed him. Yeah. I was like, why don't you buy them all? I'm like, I'm going to have to wait until I get my allowance next week and I'll come back to the other and just keep them on the wall. I'll be back. <laughs> Leave them up there. I'll come and I eventually back. did. I eventually bought them all off the wall, but I think I annoyed him when I did that. <laughs> I remember um, buying uh, comic books from Jeans. They had the spinner rack at Jeans. I bought my first issue of Heavy Metal from Jeans, actually. Oh, yeah. It was so out of place there. Yeah, that's. Like, I remember seeing that going. When the hell did they start selling heavy metal? And I picked it up. It was the only time I ever saw heavy metal in there, too. So, like, I can't somebody help but wonder. Hot, yeah. yeah, I wonder if, like, somebody brought it to work and maybe they got in trouble and they put it on the magazine rack and I ended up buying it. 
And if that's the case, like, that was years ago, like, but I bought your copy of Heavy Metal. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, if you happen to be listening to this. Or the vendor just snuck them on there and they didn't realize Maybe. what it was. Something, something, they didn't, they definitely didn't know what they had. Yeah. Because that like, wasn't. That was, well, aside from the movie, that was like my first real exposure to Heavy Metal. I, I, I love Heavy Metal. But, uh, yeah. Did you have any uh, favorite movies when you were a kid that you like rewatched all the time? Labyrinth or? is one that immediately comes to mind. Um, I used to rent it all the time, and then I would watch it. Uh, I I even I even had this thing. I would watch uh, anytime I would rent a movie, but especially with Labyrinth, I would always wake up early enough and with enough time to watch it one more time and rewind it before we had to go to school because we'd be driving past and drop it off on the way to school. Gotcha. And, uh, so like I would watch it three or four times every time I'd rent, <laughs> uh, Labyrinth was definitely one of them. I'm trying to think as a kid, I don't know. I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of different stuff. Um, it was mostly like, uh, as far as stuff that me and my sister watched, which was usually the case, we had this tape of Christmas specials with the commercials that we watched every and and I still have it. Uh, it's a little bit different than it used to be now because I tried re-recording other ones and ended up cutting into another one. And oh, so like, it's one of those weird tapes, <laughs> but we, we were getting nostalgic about it and the commercials in it. And uh, that we watched all the time. Um, so in that case, I guess it would be like the California raisins, not really a movie, but right. the California raisins Christmas special. We watch that all the time. My grandma Maddish used to give me and my sister a little, little, I still have mine. Every Christmas I get mine out. I have the little California Raisin dolls. Oh, yeah. And I'll put them out. And I got the uh, couple of them with a Christmas hat, but I always kind of do it in the line. So they do their little line. Generally, I put in front of my TV every year because I'm a dork. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. So um, you, you're still into comic books? Yeah, not as much as I was though. I mean, I I don't buy I don't buy anything new. I haven't bought anything for quite a while, um, mostly because it's uh, it's hard for me to try and keep up with everything now. And if they're still charging four dollars cover price for a digital edition, and the whole reason that the price went up in the first place, to my understanding, was cost of materials, right. somebody's getting paid. And I can't afford to give them $5 an issue for 18 pages of story. That's yeah. just too much for me. Yeah. And so I, I kind of stop. But if I, you know, I'll still go to the comic shop and I'll spend the hell out of the 50 cent bins. Right. <laughs> you know, I have 50 cent bin all day long, especially since a lot of that stuff stuff I want to read anyway, because I either missed out on it or I have these issues from this storyline, but I'm missing like 20 issues from the middle or 10 issues from the beginning. Like, I have a near complete run of uh, She-Hulk in the '80s, John Byrne She-Hulk. Yeah, Lo- I'm a huge fan of John Byrne. I love it. I, I love his you know writing style and his artwork style, but especially his work on She-Hulk and Fantastic Four. Though that would uh, I could talk about that <laughs> all the time. But uh, the trial of Reed Richards. 
Have you ever read the trial of Reed Richards? I feel like I have, yeah. Like how at the end, the ending is just such a big cut-out, cop-out ending. Yeah. Everybody just blew their mind, and then once everybody knew that Reed was innocent, and then, oh, it's all over. What happened? And it's John Byrne at the end of the comics, and that's the end of the story. (laughs) Just, Uh I still think that's funny. (laughs) The, uh, so do you think they'll ever do a She-Hulk movie? I hope so. I mean, I don't, I don't see why they haven't done one yet. I love Shulky. Give me Shulky. <laughs> give me, give me. I want Shulky more than I want Ms. Marvel. I'm sorry if you're a Captain Marvel fan. I love Captain Marvel too, but <laughs> I want to see She-Hulk. In fact, when I was at uh, Wizard World uh, back in 2008, I got to meet Greg Horn. I got my picture right. with him. Yeah, really cool. nice guy. Like he signed. I had a whole bunch of books. He signed the covers up because he did the covers. Uh, like I think it was, it was actually Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk graphic novels that I had, and then later on I was passing by, uh, and I just bought another one of his pieces as a poster. It was a uh, uh, Oz Wonderland Chronicles. Okay. Poster. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I was passing by, and he saw. I was like, "Hey, I'll sign that for you." But I saw he started having some people come up. I'm like, "Nah, it's okay. I'm just gonna put tax through it. No sense in signing something I'm gonna put holes in." Yeah. You know? I'm like, "But thanks for the offer. Super nice guy. But I love his work. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he's got like some of the same models for for his stuff because like I've recognized the same face a few times." But I love what he does. Yeah. It just, it looks amazing. But I'm pretty sure the same one from the poster that I have, uh, that's Alice in that picture, is the same one that he uses for She-Hulk when he paints She-Hulk. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I'd i have to show you to, yeah. to show you what I mean. But, yeah. No, now, super nice guy. Um, we'll transition a little bit. Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, you said you watched up to what point? Well, I've watched Iron Man 1, 2, the first Avengers movie, both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which I love. Those are my favorite of all the Marvels that I've seen so far. Those are my favorites. Like, totally a good time. Like, Chris Pratt, the other day, dance off, bro! Cracked my shit up. But you haven't watched Thor Ragnarok yet, though. No, and... I I have I kind of have this love hate thing with Thor. I do like Thor, and it's like we'll, we'll talk about Aquaman later. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but uh, We're Marvel right now. Yeah, yeah, like I kind of compare that to sort of an Aquaman type thing. Now I'm not saying he sucks. I, I do like Thor. I just I don't. I'm not very well versed in it. So I've seen the movie, and I I like it in the Avengers, but I'm more. You, you saw the first Thor. You're saying. You haven't watched the newest one. I right? haven't watched the newest one. You I, have to watch. I it. have had it spoiled by YouTube. Okay. <laughs> well, the the comedic level they they took a turn on it and just went more funny. Uh-huh. I think because of Guardians. Well, I, I I do know about like he hangs the hang the hammer on like a coat rack. Oh there, yeah, there's there's so much great yeah. stuff. And in it. like he's not supposed to be able to do that, but yeah. it was funny. I'm like, no, that's pretty funny. I'm glad, yeah, there's I'm a, glad they did that. There's a lot of great stuff. Like out of the newer Marvel stuff. That's one that you have. You should watch all of them. Oh, but, yeah. Eventually, I'll get caught up on, but on everything. But Ragnarok was one of the movies where I'm like, I'm going to watch this more than once in the theater. Yeah. It's just just. I awesome actually movie. think I've watched more in the DC side of things. But, like, I don't know. I have so many of my friends, like, want to unfriend me now when, they, when <laughs> I tell them things. Like, I actually don't think Ben Affleck sucks as Batman. 
And if you want to fight me for it, too bad. <laughs> I'm entitled to my opinion, damn it. He worked hard to get into that shape. You've got to respect Ben Affleck <laughs> for turning himself into like this power shithouse. So how far did you but, get into the um, DC then? Well, I have uh, uh, Man of Steel, uh, Batman vs. Superman. Um, did you watch Justice League? Suicide Squad, I have Justice League. And I didn't hate it, but I had the same problem with it I had with the first Fantastic Four movie where they're just trying to push too much story in to the, to make to I don't know. It's, it's like they wanted to put all these characters together without setting them up ahead of time, except for Superman. And then with Superman, everybody got pissed off because he killed Zod and all this. My my biggest issues, I think, with a, a lot of what's coming out of DC is how much they're trying to make it real. I'm doing air quotes here. <laughs> real. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, have a, I have a problem with too much reality in there because, like, when I go to the movies... I don't go to the movies to be reminded what the world is when I walk out of the movie theater, right? I go to the movies to forget the world is what it is. Right. And so, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch the dramatization of this person based on a true story. I'm less likely to go watch that, right? But then, oh, new superhero movie. I want to see. Let's go see it. I go there and then they're trying to make it seem like this could happen, you know, tomorrow on the street, Joe Schmo dons a cape and jumps right into the sky and everybody goes, Holy shit. (laughs) But I do like, uh, I do like uh, where where they're kind of going with that in terms of like the whole meta human thing. Cause you can't call them mutants, you know, cause that's what, that's the Marvel thing. Right. And even they can't call them mutants or now they can something about the rights to X-Men. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm going to go through, but I don't think it's technically happened yet. Right. And like, I, I think, I think they have some good ideas, but I think what they're trying to do is, is the same thing. Like what I heard is going on with the universal movie monster expanded universe. They're yeah. like, you want to announce all these projects and then write it in a weekend and go, no, this is good. And we got Zack Snyder to direct it. Good for you. <laughs> right? You want a cookie? Zack Snyder directed like, five of your films already what the hell man <laughs> Is, isn't that right isn't it five now because he did Watchmen, and he did and and i actually liked Watchmen. i don't like that they changed how it ends yeah but i mean the, the result's the same and the ultimate cut is great because like i don't have the ultimate cut i have the blu-ray of the movie and then i have the dvd of the the animated sequences that's what i've got right uh, there was an awful lot of blue penis in that movie anyway <laughs> regardless over, over the quotient on blue penis yeah like de- i definitely met the quota on blue penis there uh but like um i don't know i i i feel like they want to try and set up and i i do like that they're trying to explain it away as it's part of the multiverse because that's where dc kind of has that edge is they can go oh it's just an elseworlds thing oh okay right well technically marvel's got that too well no no i know they, but, had, yeah. they had what if but yeah, yeah. It's like Superman in the jungle. I have that Elseworld, right? Where he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." That it was. It's, it's a pretty good one. It's not my favorite. It's pretty good. Though. I like the one um, <laughs> they did the storyline where Superman landed in Russia instead. Yeah, Red I, Sun. Red Sun. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that kind of that altered universe. I think that was one of the last newer ones that I read. That was one of the last. Oh, ones. it was Red Sun. Yeah. Because like before that, I was reading the ones that Jim Lee was doing, and like I love Jim Lee's work. Uh, 
they got too expensive for me. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I think they have a like a streaming service now for comics where you pay a I monthly. Don't understand that? Yeah, you, it's like you pay a monthly and then you can read as much as you want. I guess that's but, cool yeah. and everything if you got something to read it on. But I, yeah, it'd be know, more I, do, of a I tab, read I all the time anyway. Yeah. But I'd rather just open and I, I, I mean I have, have an ebook yeah. that I don't use. It's I, well I do use it sometimes, but and I can read comics on it. But yeah, not. It's not preference. Yeah, <laughs> not, not a preference. I, I like the I like holding a real book anyway. We're gonna put a pin in it right there, and that will be the end of part one. Part two of my interview with Jack will be up on Friday. Make sure to keep your eyes open for that. An exciting finish to the whole interview. I hope you guys have a great rest of your work week. Monday, here we are. Once again, that hotline number is nine two zero. Three nine five eight nine three zero. You can also text that hotline number. I figured out that it does accept text as well. So if you don't want to speak, but you don't want to shoot an email, you can just text our hotline number and leave us a message that way. As always, there's also the email address, thestartcontrast at aol.com. We appreciate the feedback. I appreciate your sharing of the episode. And thanks as always for listening. Remember, fight that fog. And that's when to grow on.